Welcome to Beyond the Shop Floor podcast. My name is Ange, an original career retailer. I am your host and here to help you unlock the secret universe of retail career success starting right here on the shop floor and beyond. We are all about championing career pathways from retail through to head office, advocating for the amazing talent in the industry and shining a light on opportunities in the retail industry. Because with a global net worth of US $24 trillion, the retail industry is a thriving one that deserves our attention and all of the accolades. I am a fashion and luxury recruitment expert and career coach who is on a mission to encourage all retailers to wave that flag high and proud. Join us as we chat all things recruitment and career and interview some of the most aspirational talent in the industry. Welcome back to Beyond the Shop Floor podcast. My name is Andrew, of course, and I am very excited to have you here with me today. Dare I say that it almost feels like we are coming out of winter and enjoying the longer days. I don't know if it's too optimistic to say that, but it does feel like we're on the home stretch out of winter. So I hope you're fabulous and enjoying your longer, quieter weeks at the moment. But here we are, episode three. Last week, we had the wonderful woman from Ilionema join us on the pod to talk all about their sustainable fashion brand. So if you didn't check that out, make sure you jump back and have a listen. It's super inspiring and an amazing story. But today, we are talking about relationship currency and why it is more important for your career than you've ever thought. So what exactly is relationship currency? So you've all heard the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And this couldn't be truer about relationships if you want to be successful, not only in your career, could be in your business, basically any area of your life. Having the right relationships can bring you greater fulfillment, open new doors and expand your knowledge and perspective. In fact, you're probably already building your relationship currency without even knowing that that's actually what you're doing. However, despite the word currency, this is as far from transactional as you can get. The people that reap the most benefits from relationship currency have been doing so without the expectation of something in return. So they're the people that have been investing in relationships simply because they really enjoy building relationships, learning about other people, understanding how they can support someone else and helping out wherever they can. They genuinely care about other people and by consequence, their reputation is largely protected and continues to build because of their actions. And you'll tend to find that people who are working in recruitment, you know, the great people that you know that work in recruitment or talent acquisition, that they're really great at this because that's what's attracted them to this profession is that they absolutely love supporting people, helping people and helping them get from A to B. When you first join a company, you really do start to build relationships almost straight away from day one and your networks. So your networks should be not only horizontal, but also vertically broad as well. And they should spend all levels within your company. So it's about getting to know people below you as well as people above you and your peers that are on the same level as you. Relationship currency is created by spending time with people in your organization, getting to know them, sharing ideas with them, or working with them on an internal task or company project. If you consistently have positive interactions with someone, you know, getting to know them beyond their professional title or function, the conversations usually expand, you know, beyond that kind of typical professional chit chat. And it really helps you to start build a solid relationship, one that's built on authenticity. 
Uh, and, you know, obviously the best ones are going to be the ones that have a high level of frequency of touch, you know, so you're having frequent and regular interactions and or shared experiences. So once you've built true relationship currency, it's power really motivates people to act on your behalf. Relationship currency can give you the ability to request something or some action of someone else, connect with other relationships, or you can also recover from a mistake more easily. So if you've established a strong relationship with someone, you can ask them to do something on your behalf. So it could be, you know, covering a shift, giving you information, or supporting you to show you how to do a task that's within your remit. Or it could be something more significant, you know, asking someone to support your candidacy for a promotion or introduce you to someone that you want to meet in a professional setting. So your relationships influences someone's judgment on your behalf. Judgments are made and influenced by people. So a lot of the time, someone's already going to have a good impression of you if you've been referred by someone that you're working with. So you can see how these judgments really help to propel you forward. Relationship currency has always really fascinated me. And naturally, because I am a recruiter, and this is pretty much what I do is talk to people all day, every day. I do consider myself to be a strong connector. I am nearly always referred people by others who have interacted with me. Note that I said interacted. I didn't necessarily sell anything to them or place them or work with them. I simply just gave them some of my time. Recently, someone who I placed eight years ago in London referred me their colleague who works for an amazing luxury brand in Paris and who is relocating to Australia. And that's the power of relationship currency. P.S. Hello, if you're listening, because I know you said that you're a huge fan of the pod. Uh, So I hope you don't mind me using that example. Relationship currency is not about simply trying to create relationships with powerful people or people that are senior to you. It's understanding that there's a bigger picture at play in the fashion world. And that is the reality that it's so small. Okay, no matter what country you're working in or whether you're working in a different country now to when you started, it is a small fashion world out there and you choose how your reputation builds through the actions you take and the respect and consideration that you show others. I'm going to say that again because I feel like that's the most important message. You choose how your reputation builds through the actions you take and the respect and consideration that you show others. And most importantly, You never know when you're going to come across someone again. So you want to be able to do more than hope that your last interaction was a positive one. You want a benchmark of behavior that you hold yourself to and that you never, you know, you never have to worry if you're going to let yourself down. I'm naturally inquisitive, you know, someone who likes to understand the intricacies. And I really, I don't have an ego about admitting that I don't know as much about something as someone else in the room. I don't pretend to know. And that is a really easy dynamic for humans to fall into. We pretend that we know, we fake it till we make it. I simply ask, can you tell me more about that, please? Consequently, I built relationships with all sorts of people when I started out in my career. You know, I was very curious. I built my value. I built trust, respect, reputation, and I think genuine like for people in my network. 
I learned really quickly how to navigate in the world of recruitment, which she had to, it was sink or swim, let's be fair. So I had to differentiate myself, how to actively be the opposite of that terrible recruitment person that everyone loves to say they hate, <laughs> which, you know, obviously insert the eye roll there. In short, I learned really quickly how to communicate my value. And because the agency that I worked for was a real quality-driven business, I really believed in what we were doing. And I really believed in my ability to, to deliver that level of service. I also was able to leverage my relationships for increasing knowledge and skills. You know, when I went over to the UK, you probably have heard me talk about this before. I was incredibly new to the industries I was recruiting in. I had to sell myself to candidates and clients as a luxury recruitment expert. And here I was fresh off the boat from New Zealand, where we didn't even have any of these brands uh, in the market. So it wasn't even like I was able to immerse myself within those brands. I actually had no context of what they were about. And I needed to go out to all of these brands and meet candidates and say, yes, my name's Ange and I'm a luxury recruitment expert. So, you know, I absolutely leveraged everything I could to get there. I immersed myself in this industry. I gained as much access to resources as I could and built my knowledge up. And really, you know, I used to have 30 tabs open on my um, browser, really understanding their price point. Where did they sit? What did those candidates look like? Where did they come from? Where would they move on to after they've been there? And really like, being quite strategic about the way I took on that information and then really applying what I had learned to my role. And then as time went on and I truly did become the expert that I was trying to be, I shared my time really generously and willingly with new consultants because I recognized that I would benefit from them doing their work in a consistent way that aligned with my work. So it was a win-win. And then consequently, same way for candidates, you know, I recognized how nerve-wracking that interview process was. And I really helped them with my previous understanding of how candidates were interviewed at brands to help them feel more comfortable and prepared for what was coming so that they were able to be their most natural self when they attended an interview. So that was a little bit about how I built my relationship currency, but I wanted to touch on the fact that relationship currency is different from performance currency. Performance currency is generated by you delivering what was asked for you and a little bit extra. It's the cream on top, shall we say. And of course, that is so valuable because when you're starting out in your career, it's going to get you noticed and you know, you're going to get paid, hopefully promoted. And you're going to attract endorsement from your peers. But over time, your performance currency starts diminishing, right? Because you've created a new standard. This is the unfair part. Sorry to to warn you. Um, Everyone expects you to do a great job the more senior you are. You know, we expect you to go over and above. Uh, You know, what was previously an advantage where you were a top performer becomes your new baseline. So while you are starting out, you absolutely want to invest in performance currency, but you also want to start investing in relationship currency. So it's the investment you make in the people in your environment. After you get to a certain level 
of any organization or company, your performance is just assumed to be good. Okay, so your performance currency becomes the same as everyone else's. So at this point, if you've built your relationship currency up, that is what is going to propel you forward. Your ability to ascend is based on other people's judgments. Remember, we talked about those judgments earlier. You know, someone says, Sally is the best. She's such a phenomenal networker or an amazing marketer. So they're directly influenced by those relationships. And it isn't that people won't promote you, as in they won't talk positively about you because they don't like you. They won't promote you if they don't know you. So you can choose to ignore that. It's a pretty sad reality, isn't it? But, you know, I guess it's just saying you can't keep siloing and working super hard, so hoping someone's going to see the merits of your work and know where you want to go. Um, you have to build those relationships and have a say in the direction that your career is going to take. So how do you build relationship currency, like the actual hows? Well, there's three key actions that you want to take. So you want to ask, listen, build. Sometimes candidates, for example, at an interview will go in, you know, with preconceived ideas and they may start to offer unsolicited advice or sweeping recommendations. I hear it all the time. People have preconceived ideas of brands that actually could be completely inaccurate. If you think about what we've just talked about, you can see how ineffective that is because you've got to work backwards. Like if you accidentally end up putting your foot in your mouth, you've got to work backwards and start building on that currency again. So instead, we should be asking really smart questions and then listening to what we've heard. And then we want to build and expand on what we learn. So if you're smart about it, it means that you take into consideration what they're saying you build rapport, and then you link your experience to what it is that that company needs, essentially making yourself, you know, an essential hire. So after that, you can obviously offer to help in a really specific way. Uh, and, you know, they're just like, you, we've got to have you. So the other thing, obviously, is you need to be a top performer. You know, so you can't be an average performer and keep building on your relationship currency. Like you can, but both need to be really amazing in order for people to make really amazing recommendations. Um, you need to have a track record of successful projects and, you know, uh, that you're, you're contributing in a really positive way. You want to build areas of expertise within your role. So I talked earlier about how I built expertise within luxury. Uh, and I did this and I, you know, wasn't particularly a luxury consumer, but I almost felt like that really helped me to become an expert in the field because I was so objective about how to look at it. I understood how to sell an opportunity to someone. I understood how to work with clients, how to interview. I was able to maximize my influence. Uh, you know, even when I was an agency recruiter in London, I became a voice of authority around our systems and processes. Um, I trained new consultants that came into the business. I set the standard in terms of processes. So I found a niche that really interested me and I was able to excel and continually build my skills and knowledge in that area so that people continue to come to me and say, hey, you know, 
can you take us through this? How do we do this? What's your thoughts on this? Can you train this new person? And then finally is promoting other people around you. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're always applauding the efforts and work of others, which can feel counterintuitive, especially if you've got a coworker who's also going for the same role as you. Uh, but the more support you show for others, the more willing they will be to support you. Likewise, when you receive a compliment for your work, accept it graciously and make it clear that you're really happy to support the team. Ultimately, when it comes down to it, we want to build a relationship currency really purposefully. We want to take the time to get to know people in our company and our surroundings and external stakeholders. Not in like a really kiss-ass way, not with a mindset that if I make this person my friend, I'll get what I want, and not in a fake or transactional way that we discussed earlier. You want to start asking, what is most important to them in their role? How can you be of service? What are your shared interests, goals, and dreams? Share the things that you find really uncomfortable. The more honest you are, the more likely you're going to build real, authentic relationships with others who will want you to be part of their inner circle. Prove your value, your respect for them, and show it through your actions. What can you do for them? How can you be of value and provide value? Is it simply through taking the time to reply or calling someone to give them an update? When you invest in someone, they are more likely to want to invest time and effort into you. Your performance got you to a certain level, but it won't solely get you to the next level. Leveling up is about building your currency and knowing how much of each you need so that you can reach your desired destination. So reflect today and think about what kind of wealth are you building right now? Is it performance or relationship currency or ideally both? At the end of the day, what we're aiming for is that if you're not present, when someone is talking about you, they're going to say things like, oh, you should meet Sally. She's amazing. Or let me connect you with my friend, Sally. You'll love her. Or my friend, Sally, offers those kind of services and she would be amazing and a great support for you. Let me introduce you to her. When you get that kind of endorsement, you have an opportunity to start a relationship that's already headed in a positive direction, not from anything that you did, but rather based on another person's relationship to your colleague or friend making the introduction. That is super powerful. It takes the goodwill and leverage that exists in one relationship and propels the trajectory forward of a new connection. So if you have strong relationship currency, it can help you to recover when you make a mistake. There's no mistake that you can't recover from if you have strong relationship currency. If someone really trusts you and believes in your capabilities, they will give you another chance to continue to do business with them or to work with them or whatever it may look like. You know, if you don't have that relationship currency, they will be more likely to not even want to address it and potentially move on. So what about how relationship currency helps you when you're job searching? You've all got a friend out there, I'm sure, who feels like they get offered every job under the sun. They're constantly approached by people. They're constantly being given like amazing opportunities or they're super connected and you've always wondered how they know as many people as they do. 
my mom used to say that I walked into jobs, that any job or company I went for, I walked out with the job. Now, I'm sure that was my mom just bigging me up. And I don't think it was, if that was the case, it certainly wasn't because I was infinitely better than anyone else interviewing. But I knew how to build rapport and credibility. Hello, retail skills, that's where they came in handy. And I've always held myself to an extremely high professional standard because I have been doing my level best to build and protect my reputation since I pretty much started my career no matter what situation I'm in. And they haven't all been roses, let me tell you. I just try really hard not to react in the moment. I always consider whether the risk to my reputation or relationship currency is worth it to prove a point or take someone to task. There are a million situations where I have taken responsibility uh, or accountability for someone else's error simply because it was just easier for me to do that then try and prove a point and say and point a finger and say that wasn't my fault that was da -da -da's fault I just was like you know what so sorry about that let's fix that up and move on you know it isn't to say that I don't expect a level of respect because I absolutely do but I also believe that people are going to show you how much they value you or the company or the opportunity that you're representing and I always take people at face value and it doesn't bother me at all because it isn't personal. Uh, and of course, I will give people a chance to rectify that impression, but I will remember that interaction, of course. So during an interview, you've got an opportunity to build rapport by framing your skills and expertise in a way that resonates with the company's needs and the requirements of the position. So you are establishing yourself as someone who offers a solution. So to be able to do that, you've got to prepare really thoroughly by learning as much as you can about the company and the specific department or group with which you're interviewing. So you've got to look at what are the likely challenges that they face. This will allow you to be more confident and fluent with your answers. So likability is also a huge part of this. So you've got to stand tall, exude confidence, smile, make eye contact. The other thing is respect for all parties. In today's market, there is lots of options, making it challenging to have conversations where you need to let someone know that you won't be progressing with their role. And look, it can feel like you're letting people down, but trust me, you're not. It might be tempting to send an email or a text, although I just absolutely implore you, never, ever, ever send a text. Don't, don't even send an email. Get on the phone. What is most important is ensuring that through that interaction, you're disengaging with the same level of respect that you entered with. You know, respect for everyone involved who's given their time to this process. Even if it didn't work out, that's okay. The right person will work out. Everyone knows that and everyone's cool with that. But when you actually pick up the phone and say, hey, do you know what? This isn't the right role for me and this is the reasons why. So I've decided not to progress. You're showing a level of respect for everyone involved, whether it's an agency recruiter or the talent acquisition manager or the company. You just never know when you're going to need that relationship currency again. And you want everyone to remember you in a really positive way. And that doesn't mean that everyone will think badly of you for deciding to do the right thing for you. 
but it just means the way you went about it is remembered as being super respectful, really professional, makes everyone go, geez, that silly girl. I would absolutely speak to her again because she handled herself so well. So I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on relationship currency. Do you feel like you've been building this up? Is this an entirely new concept? Is your mind blown? Are you going to go out tomorrow and start building it up? Let me know. We love your feedback. Uh, if you've enjoyed this one, let us know in the comments. Feel free to leave us a review or share it with someone that you think might benefit from this podcast. Uh, it takes a lot of work to bring this to you every week and we love doing it. But the more we hear from people about what they'd like to hear about, the easier it is for us to keep this going. In the meantime, take care of yourself and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. You just tuned in to another episode of Beyond the Shop Floor podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you got some great insight from today's podcast. Of course, I do work as a private career coach, a career strategist, and a recruitment expert to the fashion industry. But of course, anyone outside of that industry is welcome to join us as well. If you would like to connect with me personally about being a guest on Beyond the Shop Floor podcast or you would like to work with me in some capacity, you can email me at ange at thetalentmill.com.au and that's ange with an E or you can hang out with me on any of the social media platforms. Of course, we love a good little LinkedIn hang um, or you can find me on Instagram at thetalentmill AU or be on the shop floor podcast. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time.